Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome and thank you for joining us on another episode of Ask the Experts right here on Talk 1370. I'm your host, Matt Alvarez. This is a show about your life, your health, and much more with our rotating cast of experts, you can catch up on all of our past shows on talk1370.com slash experts. And of course, if you have a question that you would like answered on air, feel free to email us. Ask the experts at talk1370.com. Our returning experts today are Peter Brady and Michael Kaufman. Peter is the general manager for Alpha Roofing Company, and Michael is a senior sales consultant. Gentlemen, welcome back to the program. Hey, Matt. How's it going? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. So on our last show, you talked about your high-level production staff and field representatives and how that separates your company from the rest. Uh, can you talk about why that is important? Yeah, um, it's very important because um, having the right people in front of our clients um, is is by far and away the most important part of what we do on both ends. Obviously, when we first meet with, with a homeowner, we want to make sure that um, the person that is wearing an alpha roofing shirt uh, is there to be able to properly describe, you know, what they're seeing and uh, properly consult and, and give recommendations that are in the homeowner's best interest. And so for us, that vetting process is super important. Um, I've gone through a lot of, um, you know, from uh, when I first started in this industry and, and managing um, salespeople coming in from, you know, doing it for different outfits that were more independent and uh, storm, you know, uh, specific where they would staff up for storms when storms happened and, and made sure that they had more, you know, they just brought in a bunch of people into a warehouse, so to speak, and trained them up, um, coach them up almost to have them go out and talk to homeowners. And the end goal being just to have them sign on the dotted line. Um, that's not our model. Our model is to have uh, a very small, close to the, uh, we, we keep our staff very much uh, close to the vest. In other words, um, anybody who represents our company has to have certain qualifications to do so. And we have to feel and, and, and know and trust that person is going to go out there and represent our company in the best way, shape or form possible. And, and that comes in the, uh, in, in the, in the manner of recommendations and consulting and, and letting homeowners know exactly what's going on on the roof. It's funny because Michael and I on the way here just now, we were discussing, um, a couple clients that we inspected today, this morning. Um, and how they had bad experiences with other roofing companies and they had, you know, looked online and, and seen the reviews with our company and how things are different just from the reviews. And when we got on, on site, how, you know, they, they felt a lot better about understanding. Um, you know, I had a per particular client who didn't have damage, but another roofing company told them they did. Um, got out there, took my pictures with my, um, you know, with uh, an app that we have that, that provides a, a, a full uh, inspection report. Uh, with pictures and detailed descriptions on those pictures and explain to them that there was nothing there that, uh, in my opinion, you know, uh, warranted any uh, insurance claim or any any replacement of the roof at that point in time. So, you know, it's just 
that's what Michael brings to the table for us. Um, you know, his, his background and I'll let him speak um, a little bit more towards that in regards to what, what, uh, how he, you know, has been trained in the industry and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, you know, for us, it's important to have the people uh, meeting with our clients. And then also, like I mentioned last time, the people that are installing the roof, we have a completely separate division and uh, that's headed by my partner, Ryan. And, um, and they, uh, his, he and his staff are, are very uh, knowledgeable and have, you know, combined probably 60 years or more of, of uh, experience in the industry. So we're, we're, we just try to provide a, a quality service and make sure we have the right people to do so. You sound like you have a solid team. So Michael, can you describe the insurance training that you've received and why that translates to working with homeowners as a contractor so effectively? Sure. So getting into insurance um, over 10 years ago, it was a, a decision that led me here ultimately, but with that, I was trained in a particular way uh, in the insurance industry. Obviously, you're, you're providing different functions and you need different capabilities. I would say there are probably three areas that, uh, that pop out, and that would be um, construction. So from uh, residential commercial construction, whether it be from the foundation all the way up through framing, mechanicals, uh, onto the roof so you have a very uh, in-depth idea about how buildings are put together. Uh, damage identification would be the second biggest uh, aspect of that so you learn basically what things look like when they get damaged. Are we talking about water damage? Are we talking about storm damage, fire damage, smoke damage? All of these things uh, come into play when it comes uh, to insurance and then ultimately to say like the repairability or the replacement necessities uh, of that particular structure. Um, the third aspect, and probably one of the most important ones, is customer service. So insurance is a service-driven industry, um, especially nowadays. People have a lot of choice when it comes to who they choose to do business with, whether that be uh, insurance, banking, you know, who they choose to go with for their contracting needs. Um, that was a big aspect of your job and I think the um, the customer service skills, how to deal with customers, um, empathizing, knowing what their particular needs are, how to ask the right questions, how to address uh, their specific um, concerns, uh, communication. These were all things that uh, were very valuable in that aspect and I think they translate well into what I'm doing, um, not just from a say technical standpoint, but then from, um, I guess, a customer service sort of relation aspect. I would add one more one more note with, with Michael and the reason why he is such a valuable asset um, is because, you know, we can learn a lot from somebody like Michael too. And what I mean by that is that when Michael, you know, first got hired on as an adjuster, I mean, how many months did they, were you in training uh, at a facility before you even touched a claim? Um, I, I believe it was around three months, probably. Right. So basically, you, you get trained up by an insurance carrier for three months before you even see the field. And then the reason why that's so important for us is in this industry, most roofing sales consultants are trained as they go. In other words, you start with no experience. You knock on some doors and you meet some clients and you learn the industry as you go. Um, you know, that's how I learned the industry when I retired you know, from hockey back in 2006. Um, I learned it that way and, and there's nothing wrong with learning it that way. No, don't get me wrong. It's very, uh, it's very, um, 
you know, if, if you stick to it and you, you, you keep going, um, you can learn everything you need to learn. But from Michael's perspective, he comes from, um, you know, the other side of the equation, the insurance side. And having that background to fall on is, is a huge, um, a huge uh, feather in his cap. And so uh, learning the construction side comes fairly easily from that point on, just because he can apply everything he knows from the insurance industry and how he's been trained uh, with all those items. So um, again, um, the fact that, you know, uh, we get to benefit from him being professionally trained by an actual insurance carrier. Um, and then we get to, you know, um, to uh, have Michael uh, represent us in front of our clients. is a huge asset for us. And so what are the typical or most common causes of leaks on a roof? I would say probably 90% of leaks are most likely coming from either improperly installed vents or not properly maintained vents. So there's... You know, there's several types of ventilation on a roof. Um, you have uh, ventilation um, for the attic to allow the uh, roof to breathe, in, in a sense. Um, obviously, you get heat buildup in an attic throughout uh, the day, especially during the hottest times of the year. Uh, you need to have a way for that air to exhaust, and that extends the life of a shingle. So therefore, you have that type of ventilation. There are um, plumbing vents on the roof, uh, your plumbing has to be able to vent waste gas, and in order to do so, that gas is uh, vented through the roof, and then those vents have what's known as a pipe boot around it. Those are often areas that, if not maintained properly, they will leak over time. And so, other than wind or hail damage, what else can cause damage to my roof? I would consider the every the day-to-day pounding of the sun, basically yeah. the heat, the elements. Um, you know, uh, hail and wind are obviously two... Uh, of the most known, um, and they are covered by insurance. Uh, obviously, insurance doesn't cover every single contingency out there. For example, the sun beating down on the roof every day is not covered, and, and that's there's a good reason why, because every single roof would be replaced through insurance if it was. Um, and Michael can kind of explain what the sun, the sun does to a roof as far as uh, the damage that uh, it causes. So basically, the sun puts off ultraviolet um, radiation, that is what breaks down a roof. Uh, a shingle is basically a fiberglass mat that, that's impregnated with tar and then granules are rolled into the top of it. So over time, that ultraviolet radiation, it just attacks um, the shingle. Uh, the shingle being a petroleum-based product, it gets uh, baked in a sense, uh, whereas the tar starts to lose its elasticity, its flexibility, it gets brittle. Uh, the granules continue to fall off a shingle. The shingle gets exposed to more ultraviolet radiation. And those shingles, therefore, once they get hit by either hail or experience uh, a strong wind event, then um, a compromised shingle is going to be in a, a condition that, that's going to cause it to get more damaged, basically. So the sun, like Pete said, it's one of the worst enemies of a roof, especially here in central Texas. And of course, to get a hold of Alpha Roofing, you can visit their website, alpharoofingtexas.com. And we're going to step aside for our first break, but don't go anywhere. We have more Ask the Experts coming up right here on Talk 1370. Talk 1370.
You're tuned in to Ask the Experts right here on Talk 1370. We're sitting down with Peter Brady and Michael Kaufman with Alpha Roofing. If you would like to get a hold of Alpha Roofing, you can visit their website, alpharoofingtexas.com. Of course, you can always give them a call, 512-777-1086. Again, that's 512-777-1086. Gentlemen, can you answer this question? How often should I get my roof looked at or inspected? In my opinion, if you had the roof looked at every two years, three years, consider it like an air conditioner. You know, um, it's something that if maintained properly, it's not that expensive to uh, keep maintained. So it's like any other uh, aspect of your home. If you have it checked annually, um, I don't think you need to do it every year. If, however, there has been severe weather that you are concerned about, give us a call. We do free inspections. And ultimately, uh, Pete talked about this earlier. We're going to do an inspection and a consultation. I think that's one thing that sets us apart that I like to discuss with my customers is the consultation aspect. I'm not just going to say, eh, here's something, here's $400 to get it fixed. That's not how I want to operate. I want to give you uh, something of service and quality that you're going to walk away with, uh, with a peace of mind knowing, hey, this person actually evaluated what was up there and this is what they found. So I'm going to give you a consultation of what I see and my recommendations based on that. So, yeah. And so how long does a typical roof last? There are various factors that can uh, determine that. Uh, most typical asphalt composition shingles come in two common varieties um, that you're typically going to see most often. Uh, a 20 to 25-year three-tab composition shingle or a 30-year laminate or lifetime or architectural shingle. Those are all kind of interchangeable terms for, for that one. Um, the manufacturer's warranty says 25 years or 30 years. However, being in central Texas, um, you could expect your roof to start deteriorating significantly probably around 15 years. Um, obviously, the 30-year may be more around the 20-year mark. But if you had uh, several instances of severe weather, you could put on a roof uh, two months ago, get a severe hailstorm, and you might need a new roof at that point in time. Yeah, typ typically, um, a roof, you know, there's 25 or 30, or there's even 50 year roofs, but those are mo mostly for hurricane zones. What you'll see in Austin most typically is a a three tab 25 year. They used to be referred to as a 20 year, but the manufacturers change the uh, the warranties on them. They're still a 20 year, but they're called 25 year. And then there's a standard 30 year laminated architectural. Um, and those roofs essentially break down as they age. Uh, there's a natural breakdown process. So they're supposed to last those amounts of years, but obviously depending on what part of the country you're in or the world you're in, in Texas, those you know 25 and 30 year uh, time uh, life expectancy uh, periods aren't, uh, aren't typically attained uh, just because of the heat. How do you determine life expectancy and how old a roof system is? Like how much life is remaining on it? Well, that, that's why we have people like Michael on board. So that, that's not the easiest skill. Um, and Michael will, will explain exactly how that is. But typically the, the degranulation and, and uh, it, it takes, you know, experience to kind of be able to, um, to give a homeowner, nobody can give you the exact, you know, year, but we can give you a good ballpark and Michael will detail how he does that. Yeah, I think for the most part, you're going to ask questions, right? So most people are familiar if they've replaced their roof or not. Sometimes they haven't. Maybe they moved into the house and they aren't sure. But um, you can tell a lot just by asking somebody. Obviously, we've seen 
you know, I can look back. I've probably looked at over, you know, 5,000 roofs at least. You know, I'm sure Peter has probably done triple that. So just through that, that amount of uh, exposure to what you're seeing, you can kind of get a gauge based on, you know, what it looks like in terms of how much life expectancy is left. Because that's a question a lot of people want to know. So typically what you're going to be looking at is the condition of that thing. Is it brittle? Is it still flexible? If, if there is no flexibility and then you're having issues with the roof leaking and there's issues with uh, missing shingles, uh, the shingles keep breaking, the life expectancy is probably not very long on that thing, a couple more years, you know, or something like that. But um, it, it just all comes down to each individual roof and then sort of the condition that you're presented with when you're up there. Yeah, and, and, and degranulation, obviously, you know, fiberglass exposure, oxidation. Uh, it's, it's, you know, a roof uh, loses its, its granulars naturally, and, and that's just part of the aging process. And we can do a pretty good, uh, we can get a pretty good idea of the life expectancy just from that alone even. But all those other items that Michael uh, mentioned uh, give us even more clues to, you know, uh, does the roof need to be replaced? Does the roof still have you know, the capacity to run water? Is it still waterproof? Um, again, all these clues um, allow us to inform the homeowner um, and give them a better idea of, of you know, what's protecting their, their most important asset, which is their home. Um, and so, um, again, those are just like Michael said, uh, based off of experience. And there's really no other better tool to, to kind of become better at gauging the life expectancy of a roof than exposure to them and getting up on roofs. And like Michael mentioned, we've both been on thousands upon thousands of roofs. And, um, you know, we, we are we are pretty fine tuned into giving, uh, finding or being able to uh, break down a roof system and find out exactly how much approximate life is, is left in that shingle. And how long do you think it lasts in Texas? I mean, we have hundreds of days of sun, yeah. like 300 days. Yeah, Texas is uh, Texas is, is a lot of heat. So obviously uh, these shingles don't last as long. Um, the sun beads them down. And, and when those granular starts start flaking off those shingles naturally, that, that matting underneath uh, soaks up that sun and essentially allows for more and more degranulation and, and, um, after, you know, that mat's been exposed for uh, a few years, it starts breaking down and the fiberglass starts showing through. And uh, the way you know when when you've literally got a few years left on your roof, maybe two to five years left, is when you're looking at the roof from the ground and either in the morning or at night when the sun is either just rising or setting, you look at your roof and it looks like there's millions of little diamonds everywhere on the roof. There's shiny little diamonds everywhere. Well, that's the fiberglass. And, that, and that's basically the last step, the last... Uh, the last part of the of the shingles life um, at that point. So is there anything a homeowner can do to make a roof last longer in Texas? Ventilation. I mean, the really the only thing you can do, right, Michael, is, is probably add some ventilation to it and uh, and, and cool off that attic. Um, other than that, uh, other than putting a tent above your house or <laughs> or, or using a 100% reflective material, um, lighter shingles too. I mean, if you have a white shingle compared to a black shingle, that, 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 that lighter... Um, color, the lighter colors will reflect the heat the, a little bit better than obviously a darker shingle. Um, but those are typically the, the ways to keep a roof in this area lasting a little bit longer. I think uh, we should probably also mention installation, um, what, what you run into. Obviously, um, 
having roofs installed properly, uh, it's not always the cheapest thing to do for your home, but it's important that it's done correctly. Um, in order to save money, uh, a lot of roofing companies out there will do what's called an overlay. They won't even remove uh, the initial roof covering, and they'll just put a, a, a second roof covering over the top. Um, saves them, uh, saves you money, I guess. It gives them more money because they're not absorbing any labor costs to remove that. But ultimately, you're going to pay more money because your roof is not going to last as long. So those that's one other issue that could, that could arise as well. And so we have just a few minutes before uh, we wrap things up here, but let's let our listeners know what's some of your best roofing stories, um, maybe an antidote from your years in the industry. Yeah, yeah, this is a very interesting industry. We see a lot of things. Uh, my partner, Ryan, has a saying. He says, a man can see a lot from a roof. A man or a woman can see a lot from a roof, obviously. But uh, it, it's very true. And here is my uh, one of the best stories I've ever heard. And it didn't happen personally to me, but it happened to um, the lady that trained me to be an, an adjuster. So when I went and got my adjusting license, uh, she was my my uh, trainer. And uh, she told the class this story, which to this day is by far the best. And so when she first started out, um, she was only 19 when she first started uh, as an adjuster uh, right out of high school. And um she got up on a roof. It was a two-story roof, standard roof, you know, uh, as an adjuster, came to the front door, knocked on the door, introduced herself, gave the homeowner her card, um, turned around and uh, had her, already had her ladder set up and started climbing up on the roof. Um, she gets up on the roof on top and, um, you know, first thing an adjuster does is you get to the very top of the roof and then you start taking your 360 overview pictures. So you start from the front and then work your way all the way to the right, left, back, or back, all the way to the left and then back to the front. So you have almost a collage of the entire roof so you get a good perspective. But when she turned around to take her first picture, there was a three-year-old on the roof with her, a little uh, little boy who had essentially followed her up the ladder and was up in the valley. Um, now, the funniest thing about that story, and me personally, if I would have seen that, my first instinct would have probably been to run down and, and, and grab the little boy and help him down. <laughs> her first instinct was to take her camera out and take a picture first <laughs> and then because she couldn't believe it she couldn't believe what she had just seen she had to take a picture of it uh and she took a picture real quick uh and then uh obviously rushed right to uh to the little boy helped helped him down and yeah that was uh that, that could have been a very ugly situation so it's funny but i've always learned from that that reinforced that in my mind of how uh how important safety is and what we do and, and not only for ourselves but for the people that we service well, gentlemen, that about wraps it up for this segment of Ask the Experts. I want to thank you all for joining me on the program today. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. And uh, I'd like to um, mention to everybody out there, if anybody needs to have their roofs inspected, let us know. Um, you can give us a call, and uh, we'd be happy to come out and take a look, give you our recommendations. Um, again, provide you with all the information, documentation, inspections are free. Um, if you need us, give us a call. Again, that number is 512-777-1086 or you can visit their website, alpharoofingtexas.com. Don't go anywhere. We have another half hour of Ask the Experts coming up right here on Talk 1370. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.